I gotta put the microphone a little closer to me too. I feel like I've been soft lately. Oh, that's good. Do you want the stain? Yeah, yeah, I like, yeah. I like. You like being to able check to... yourself out? Yeah. Are you wearing your hat forward? I'm gonna wear mine backwards then. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> it's just my hair is at such a level of length that it's not really like cool. And then I washed it with shampoo. When, when was it, that? Last night. Oh. So it, like, my, my hair looks really cool when it's a, like a week or two dirty. Yeah. I know that sounds disgusting, but <laughs> my, my hair luckily doesn't get dandruff or oily or anything. It just gets, you know, that beach feeling in your hair. Uh huh. So I was very blessed with this like blessed, like cool hair that I only shampoo once a month. You do get it wet though. It's not like oh, you I keep... wash it with water, but I don't. <laughs> um, I don't use any product unless I'm shooting. Like for the for our wedding, I used product, or if right. I'm on a show or doing something like that. But if I just let it go, it just has like this uh, beachy kind of feel to it and it's messy, but I just washed it. So now it lays funny. <laughs> I actually always know when you wash your hair and I'll be like, do you wash your hair? <laughs> Cause it just, it lay, yeah, it lays really funny. <laughs> I think with anyone though, um, a couple, at least for me, like a couple days, my hair is dirty. It is like flawless. It's fun. It holds a curl. But when you f first wash it, even the girl who did uh, my hair on our wedding, she goes, wash your hair like the day before. Cause it'll hold curl better huh so they don't want that fresh you know hair because it probably just doesn't hold yeah for it to look you know because i kind of I, I like the the messy look when i was younger interesting enough the wet gelled look is what was in <laughs> what do you, how did really you do swoop it the um it was more like spiky and messy but it was wet and then totally. I, I, I don't know if that's a young thing or if it was just the 90s but um like in sync and stuff have their hair like that's moist. true yes and it was hair sprayed and, and wet looking like a helmet almost sure <laughs> spiky helmet a spiky helmet <laughs> well girls too we used to scrunch our hair with gel and it was the wet look in middle school you scrunch that hair and then you would take your bangs and blow dry the bangs and have them straight so they would those the bangs would be straight but the rest of the hair was curly it's very very interesting times yeah <laughs> do you I'm, know what i'm talking about i'm actually interested to keep that going but i want to get into our intro real quick let's and then we'll get into our into, intro um Nandes life we'll get back into that yeah um welcome everyone to the freddie and Alyssa show if you're new to the channel be sure to subscribe like comment all that fun youtube stuff if you're watching on facebook like and follow if you're listening on a platform like itunes and you want to give us a five-star review if you think we deserve it that would be awesome we've been putting out content now now for over three years having an absolute blast and now that we have had our wedding our big would you call it a rendezvous or does that sound like sketchy maybe not a rendezvous <laughs> we'll have to look up what that is because i heard of rendezvous, rendezvous point is where you rendezvous anyway our big celebration where we put a lot of our attention and focus on we achieved we celebrated our love and it was awesome on new year's eve and now we are waking up every day fully focused on creating content for youtube facebook tiktok instagram and twitter and we're having a blast and this is the first time that we've literally had this is our top priority and then we're having a blast and we couldn't be doing what we love to do without all of you so i want to thank you from the bottom of my heart i know Alyssa wants to thank you from the bottom of her beautiful <laughs> heart as well um your 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 um your commitment to us and support has just been um very much appreciated so thank you and uh, we look forward to continuing this journey and sharing mm. our life with you so we really appreciate that i want to give a uh, shout out to a um Oh, I, I didn't look at the names prior. So this oh, is no. uh, so we've got uh, we have a membership program here. If uh, if one podcast a week is not enough for you and you want an extra one, we do an extra one for our members group on Sunday. So if you want to become a member, you can check that out. We have a lot of fun. We put up a bunch of videos in there too. And at this point, we have a huge book of business. So if you want more, you can check that out. And one of the perks is a shout out. So I'm going to try some uh, some new members here. Welcome to the family. Kirsten Franson, welcome, welcome, welcome. Lisa Lotter, Lodter, and Sheila, Sheila Wadoops, <laughs> top name. Did I do that right? I think so. Wadoops, yeah. Sheila Wadoops. Wadoops. Sheila, forgive us for my pronunciation. You're so we cute. appreciate you. <laughs> Your little hands, you were trying to pronounce them and you're all anxious. Is I rubbing my hands? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, here we grow on the podcast because my biggest fear ever since I was a kid is reading aloud. Aww. And uh, I didn't look at the names prior. I just took a screenshot. So I was like, oh, I'll read the names. And uh, But yeah, reading out loud to me, even to this day, is my ultimate fear. 
That's why you didn't read my wedding notes to you the day of mm -hmm. on video because you opened it and you go, oh, no, this is too much. Well, because they were recording me and sure. it was one of the first times that we met. Yeah. And I didn't know when I opened up your card and I saw just massive <laughs> writing, I go, I was like, how am I going to read this aloud? And then, t and then they're going to look at me and go, have you graduated middle school? <laughs> so... Um, I ended up reading it on on the podcast, but yeah. we did it afterwards. So there's it's on our clips channel clip. where I read it here on the podcast. But if I know I'm not live, I can read well. <laughs> but if I had to go and read, like even a teleprompter scares hmm. the heck out of me. I would rather improv. That's why I don't like having anything planned. I'm more of an improv guy. See, I'm so opposite. I love teleprompters. Even in high school, I used to be the girl who's like, I'll read. I just really? loved reading out loud. You love hearing yourself talk? <laughs> I just was into the class, you know. It's generally English class I liked reading out loud because we were reading, you know, different stories or novels, and I don't know. I just liked it. That's good. I'm more. I'd be more interested in school these days than I was as a kid. Of course. I wonder if all kids are. You you were interested. I was interested in school, but in but like, what what was your thoughts? Like going to bed at night, waking up, and like getting ready and going to school and. And being there. Being there. I mean, of course, I was interested in socializing and seeing my friends and, you know, that whole aspect. But I loved drama. I loved English. Um, math class was not it for me. I just, that one, I really could have. But I even remember in my math class, my freshman year, I was sitting in the back of the class because my last name was Tabit. So they generally would do alphabetized um, seating. And I couldn't see because I discovered in eighth grade that I couldn't see far away and I'd have to wear glasses. So in ninth grade, I was sitting in the back seat of math class and I raised my hand. I was like, can I please sit in the front row? Which most people would never do that. No. But I cared that much to be able to learn. And so he moved me. <laughs> so you had that early. See, I feel with us, when we, when you and I started going to like courses and um, or like uh, events mm -hmm. and learning and educational seminars, Conferences. it's funny how when I'm when you were a kid, yeah, you'd always want to sit in the back. But then when you're actually really interested and you're there for a purpose, you want to sit up front. You want to feel the energy as much as possible. You want to absorb as much as possible. Yep. So I wonder, I wonder how that is. It's just kind of 50-50, I guess. Some people probably like school and others didn't. But I didn't know why I didn't like it. I mean, don't get me wrong. When I was there, there were times when I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't write this paper. I don't want to go this, to this class. I think every kid and yeah. student is that way. But I don't know. I've always enjoyed learning, but I've enjoyed learning things I was interested in. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I wonder if that's ever going to change in the future. I'm curious what the pandemic and everything has done with online schooling and yeah. colleges. And I just wonder what that's going to what it's going to turn into in the future because it just seems like a lot of the the way the world's moving especially in 10 years a, a lot of the traditional stuff seems like it's going to be obsolete well and also too you got to realize i don't know if you had this where you live but in south florida they had specific schools based on um you know like art there was one called new world school for the arts in miami and that was catered to people who loved entertainment you know whether that was dance acting singing it was just a prestigious art school. So they'd have like art and magnet schools. And I know um, I even had a friend who I think it was their senior year. They ended up doing um, like automotive stuff. Like there are different schools that you yeah. would transfer to because you know that that's what you're interested in. So I wonder if that's going to be more popular in the sense of, hey, if this interests you early on, maybe focus more on that and don't learn about something else that you're not going to ever use again. <laughs> Yeah, maybe have a little like introductory to everything and yeah. then see after one year what you like. Like if you hate science, then you're probably never going to do anything with science. And I also feel that like the younger generation, probably even us millennials, um, don't seem to be sticking at their jobs. Like our parents, mm -hmm. I think that their, their whole growing up was people worked at the same company for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And it yeah. seems like people are jumping around every couple years these days. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're just at this really interesting, interesting point. And it, it's funny how you'll never know unless you ask people questions. You'll never know what the other paths would have been. It's like, aren't you ever true. curious? Like, if you, like, I don't have any regrets, but I'm just interested. Like, like, our life would be completely different. Same people, but completely different if we 
never left our hometown or if we went to college. Well, we would have never met, first of all. Which is crazy. I would have never met you if we stayed in our respective towns or if I decided to do New York, which at first that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to school in New York. And then L.A. happened junior year, and I was like, you know what? This is the path that I'm going to take. So if I would have done any of the stuff that I was planning on doing, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. Isn't that crazy? It's wild. But just if you relived your exact same life, and just at the age of 18, you made a different decision 10 different times. Like, I'm going to go to college locally. I'm going to go to college in three states away. I'm going to go live in another country. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to go be an actor. I'm going to have a trade. I'm going to be a plumber. I'm going to, you know, like each of those lives are going to bring different characteristics to your human experience. Mm-hmm because of the different challenges and the ups and downs of those paths and the people that you meet because of those paths. And it's something you'll never you'll never know. All you know is the, the path you chose and the day you're in. But what's really trippy, and I've thought about this many times because I love this kind of stuff, so many decisions, even on the daily or on the quarterly every year that you make, it's different outcomes. Like, even if I moved to L.A. and for some reason I decided to move to Marina Del Rey, which is completely on the other side of where we lived, would I have met you still? You know what I'm saying? Or because I dated one person, I got introduced to this friend and this group. You know what I'm saying? Like, the odds of us even meeting in L.A., we both had to be living on that side of the hill. You know what I'm saying? But then it brings you to a bigger question of what's meant to be mm. and what is fate. Because I'm sure some people would believe that if your destiny is like your soulmate and you go that route, then the argument would be no matter what you chose, life would have brought you together at some point. Hmm. Or there's people who go, everything is just random and you would just lived a different life. And yeah. um, Oh, isn't that an interesting thought? Well, and it's funny because that can never happen unless we can figure out time traveling. <laughs> but um, good luck. <laughs> but but we have those same decisions every day now, where you know we have the ability to try new things and new paths. Mm-hmm. You know, if if like, and we've done that pretty well. Like we've lived in. I have to stop having coffee as much as I like it because my mouth I feel is dry. <laughs> I'm drinking water. I was sitting here thinking I could never sit and have coffee while we're on the pod. Mm-mm. It's it's difficult. Iced coffee, maybe. Iced coffee, sure. Like maybe a really mixed like latte or something. Yeah, but it's, I'm just like drinking so much water. But um, but like I mean, I mean we we both lived in our our home states, mm-hmm. and then we moved to Los Angeles. Moved around a lot. Did a bunch of different jobs. Now we live in a different part of Florida, and you know life is just an adventure. I feel like every every six months, you and I are always doing something new. Mm-hmm. You know, we have our same through line for the most part, but like, I I'm, just, I'm so curious, like what, what will June bring? Like, oh, where will we be like knows? June 12th? Like where will we be on June 12th? Well, the reason we have so many different things that happen and you saying, where will we be June 12th is you and I are always constantly moving, trying to um, keep things rolling and continue to grow and build our business and our life. And we're open to try new things. And especially in the world of content creation or trying to sell a script or having a viral video and getting millions of followers, whatever that is, that's a different new life that you're like, oh gosh, now I'm going to be offered this. I might be going here or traveling and doing this. It's just with life. It's always that, that phone call. And that's what with acting your phone call away. But I'm such a firm believer that everything in life happens for a reason and to trust the timing of your life, whether that's to learn a lesson or just knowing that you you're exactly where you're supposed to be. I really, really believe that all the stuff we've gone through. I I still believe it because it created us to be the people that we are, to be ready to do what we want to what we're going to do. Well, you yeah, you have to. Because the, the thing I'm trying to work on is just really letting go of the past and stop um, looking into the future too much. Yeah. It's my biggest, um, you know, problem because I overthink. Of course. So I'm just trying to realize that it almost really doesn't exist. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, you learn from your past. But there, like, who, like, other than learning, what are you going to take from it? There's nothing. You can't go back. 
the future. We don't know where the hell, what tomorrow's going to bring. All you have is this exact moment. Like literally so many people get stuck in the rat race of, oh, well, once I get this, when I do that, then I'll be happy. But tomorrow's not promised. We know that. All we have is this literal second right now, what we're doing. We're doing something we enjoy. We're having interesting conversation. Like this is the moment. This is all we have. You can't stress about, you know, of, of course it's smart to have, you know, a plan, an idea of where you want to go. You can't just live life like walking around with no plan, but all you have is this moment. If you're living for tomorrow, you're going to live in, with anxiety. Yeah. You know, just all you have is this moment. So what can you do to make it good? Yeah, I, I think it's uh, I think it's really interesting. And I'm seeing a lot of, um, I know we talked about this on our um, members podcast a little bit but I'm going to bring it in a different direction. Um, first of all, if you haven't gone on TikTok, you got to rip the bandit off and do it mm -hmm. because it has changed from what we perceived it as initially, maybe two years ago, year and a half ago as a younger generation dancing. Mm -hmm. And that's still part of the app. But because I don't like the videos or watch them when they come up, the algorithm has learned what I like. And I, one out of a hundred videos will be like young people dancing, which I wish them well. They have a huge fan base. Yeah. But the thing that I really like is there's positivity, there's business on there now, mm -hmm. there's just the funny random videos of random people yeah. in like Florida or Wisconsin with their cat, and it's hilarious. And um, a lot of how tos, mm -hmm. you know, like life hacks, how to make certain foods. So the algorithm will kind of uh, will see what you're paying attention to and feed you more of that. Mm -hmm. And it's become an amazing, amazing app. And um, it's, it's really shown me a lot of what's going on in the culture. Mm -hmm. And that's what's really important to me because I like to kind of know where not just what maybe your friend or your family or someone online is saying. When you go on a place like TikTok, you get an idea from all different ages, from all different locations, with all different backgrounds. And there's a general consensus of what people care about mm -hmm. at the moment. Mm -hmm. Because you get caught in your little like echo chambers. If yeah. you only perceive the world and chat with your three best friends, it's only what you four think the world is mm -hmm. in reality. When you start going on an app that you're, that you're looking at strangers on your For You page, and you're like, what is this 17-year-old kid doing? What's this 53-year-old mom doing? What's it like being, there's someone who's pregnant, someone who has everything. four kids, someone who's... And then there's like a lot of touching stories. There's a lot of, you know, there's a there's a there's just a lot you're learning about the world, and and it's just really refreshing to see just how diverse and how we all live in the same world, but but have different realities. Yep. Well, and I'm also cool. curious too. That kind of made me realize. And for anyone listening, let us know. There was probably this 25 year old who did a TikTok, and she, because she said her age, she's like, Yeah, she goes, I never thought I was old. She goes, I'm only 25, but then I saw this video. And she goes, One of the younger, like Gen Z kids was saying, Oh, so to all of you people who use that laughy cry emoji, we know you're old because none of us use that. And so people in the comments were saying, Well, what do you guys use to show that you're laughing? Because I'm not kidding you, I use the cry laughy emoji all the time. Yeah. I feel it's like more of a light, easy way to show you like my tone when I'm texting. It's like, you're not taking it too serious. Right. And so people were asking in the comments like, well, what do you guys use? And they use the skull emoji or just the crying tears emoji. <laughs> like what? So, But does that represent like the skull is like I'm dead? Yeah, That's dead. So I'm LOL. Dead. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Or and crying. then crying. That's so funny. I'm crying, like crying. But it's, isn't that interesting, though, how they perceive it differently? Because, mm -hmm. like, what is that? Well, and how the lingo has changed. You know, I, I, I got to see if any examples pop into my head. But No cap. But if you, yeah, that's the whole thing now. Like <laughs> That means you're lying. No lie. Cap is lie. Yeah, but they're basically saying you're lying. Like, if someone goes no cap or cap. No, cap is lying. No cap is not lying. No, trust me, babe. I've read a little bit of the kids. The kids just say, sometimes no, you'll be like no cap, but sometimes no lie. they'll say cap. Like you're lying. Shut up. Exactly. But no cap is just like, no I, lie. Have, I have like water in here. No cap. But sometimes a lot of the kids will use it. They won't just say no cap. They'll just say cap. That's like the thing I'm noticing when I'm reading comments. Cap it means go, lie? 
like you're lying. Yeah. Cap. Cap. So cap is just replacing <laughs> the word lie. You contradicted the beginning. That's why I was telling you no cap means no lie. I know. And then cap means lie. Yeah, it means you're lying. If yeah. I if I say cap, people mean like you are lying. No way. Yeah. <laughs> so people say cap, but there's all there's all the different terms. But even like back in the day, like what are some of the lingo we grew up with that? Should I sing? Let me do it. Faraday, why don't you come on over, Faraday? You know, we did hear from the brand, and they didn't say anything about my singing, so I'm going to keep the singing in there because it's just catchy. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you, Faraday, for uh, for sponsoring the podcast. High-quality clothing, men and women. Uh, you can go to FaradayBrand.com forward slash Freddie Alyssa. And use Freddie List at checkout for 25% off. But check out their women's line, their men's line, just high quality, amazing. And not only do they have men's and women's wear, they have blankets. Blankets! And they are really cool. They are so cool. High quality, cozy, perfect, because it's so chilly right now. And I know everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, it's not cold by you. It's cold, and these blankets are perfect. Yeah, so they have a lot of cool designs, and you can check those out. Um, but uh, we, we just really appreciate them. What a great, solid company, and we always appreciate partnering with really good brands. So if you're looking for some menswear, womenswear, some blankets, some accessories, go to FaradayBrand.com forward slash Freddie Alyssa and use code Freddie Alyssa for 25% off at checkout. So thank you, Faraday. We appreciate you very much. You know what I used to always say? I still say this to the, this day. Um, that's mad funny. The word mad meaning very. That's very funny. Yeah. I, like I still use it. My sister does too. You were using that back in the early 2000s? Oh my gosh, yeah. Mad funny? That's I feel like I use that mad funny. Now. That's mad cool. And the word fat, P-H-A-T, I remember was big. That, yeah, that's not as big. No, now. I don't use that anymore. But like things like, um, like even back in the day, you know, like what would you use? Like, you, like, oh, that's dope. Like that's cool. That's dope. But we probably used like different lingo. Let's, Let's see if there's see any two thousands slang words. As if I still use that. That's a biggie. What is that song? Um, elbow, elbow, wrist. Wait, wait, no. Elbow, <laughs> elbow. Wait, as if with yeah. Oh, as get the if picture. With the twist, elbow, elbow, wrist, wrist. Wave goodbye and kiss this. Wow. How was that in there? Isn't that weird though? Elbow. Yeah, why would what, what would we be doing though? Elbow, elbow. I don't know what. See, the whole... I remember ours was like as if get the picture. I can't. Do you remember that? There's something oh, get that get the picture something there. Yeah, and, and that came from Clueless because Cher goes as if. As if. <laughs> Did you ever? What see are some that? others? I have to know. <gasps> cool beans. Cool beans. I feel like I still say that. Nah, that's not cool as beans. popular. You're tripping. Yeah, tripping. Pimping. What eat, up, pimping? Eat my shorts. <laughs> cool your jets. I still say that. Like, not often. Cool your jets. Cool your jets. Like, relax. Don't have a cow. <laughs> that I remember a lot. <laughs> I still say it. What the heck, man? Home skillet. I remember that one. Yeah. Always. Wow. Home skillet. Da bomb and the shit. Da bomb, I remember. Da bomb was big. Dog, D A W G. What up, dog? What's up, dog? What's good? Kicking it. I still use kicking it all the time. I still use it. Yeah. Just kicking you, it. You good. Um, what's good? It's all good was the next it's one. It's all good. That's so funny. Yet again, it was the attitude. Because I still talk, like, I still say that too all the time. You good? You good? You good? Hey, what's good? I always tell at the Hallam when I'm tech. Hey, yo, what's good? It just seems like a lighter way. Like, what's, what's good? good? What's going on? And it's positive. What's good? Uh-huh. Oh, I like that. You know? Hey, how are you? Leave the door open for someone to go, well. <laughs> well. You know, no, hey, what's good? What's good? Have you been to 2021? <laughs> yeah. It's like, what's, what's good? Um, also, peace out. I used to say that all the time. Peace out. Peace out. Chill. Wicked. I still say that. Why you frontin'? Are you fronting a little bit? My bad. My bad. Oh, I say my bad still. All the time. Well, not as much now. My bad. I feel like Wicked and Hella Good or Hella were really big Southern Cali things. 
when I first moved there, there were locals that I met that lived more like in the OC. And they always said, oh, that's hella cool. Oh, that's wicked. And I, so I started saying it because I thought it was cool. <laughs> was hella. Like, hella good. fresh? Fresh we kind of still use. Like, oh, I got a fresh cut. I don't think I use that word. It's fresh. Fresh. Yeah. It's, fr- it's fresh. Fresh kicks. Flex. Chillax. Oh, my gosh. You need a chillax, Freddie. Let's dip. Oh, I say that all the time. Let's dip. Dude, that is so funny. So I guess with every generation, depending on what's going on with culture, society, music, it really affects what the kids are saying. But then this is what's also really interesting. Well, I was thinking, well, without social media, you know, how did all these kids start saying the same thing that are spread across, you know, the United States? But there was marketing, movies, music. We were heavily it was probably in MTV. Music, MTV, TRL. What? Because we were watching TV. Yep. Same thing. So the music culture. But how did something like Cap become lie? I don't like know. Like who 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 was the first person to go no Cap? And they're like, why? Like, like no lie. Like where did that originate from? I don't know. I bet you there's a lot of slang words people use, but it just doesn't catch on. There's something about because they were like Cap or Facts. Like I see a lot of people on TikTok doing Cap or Facts. So they'll show someone who puts a Mentos in a Coke bottle and it blows up and they're like, all right, we're going to see if this is cap or facts. And then they try it. So there's a whole channel on like cap or facts. Is it a lie or is it a fact? Huh. Where did no cap originate from? It was popularized in 2017 when Atlanta-based rappers Young Thug and Future released the track No Cap. In the song, the rappers boast about all the wealth and swag they've acquired, no cap, including clothes, cars, and jewelry. So... This is exactly what we just said. This type of slang in each um, generation comes from rappers. So they just might, that just might be something that they future. And is he, it all in hip hop and rap or is it just music in general? Probably music in general. But I feel like hip hop and rap more so influence different the language slang words. And culture. Yeah. It's really shifted culture in a lot of ways. My gosh. It's it's everywhere. I mean, it's 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 one of the biggest genres. It's, it's all we huge. listen to. Life is that's a, one of the beauties in life is is music. No matter what genre you like, mm-hmm. like how boring is life if music didn't exist? Oh my gosh! I mean, I gotta tell you, music is probably one of my biggest passions in life in general. I just love it so much. I love every genre, like even um, on Bridgerton, which you missed out because that show's dope. But they took, <laughs> they took all of these current songs from today, but because this piece is in the 1800s, they had um, violins, violinists playing the songs. And so it was just the coolest just spin on music. And you just, I don't know. I, I listen to the soundtrack. And it's all just violins. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of appreciation and cross, crossover of music. Uh-huh. I remember even hip-hop and country with Little Nas X and there's you know all these, yeah. these people. But yeah, with you, you've been talking a lot about music lately and there's never a better time to put out music. Because I, I think, um, you know, I think back in the day, if someone wanted to be a musician and then you know, you're just like, oh, like I have to, if there was no internet, like, you know, so the, you'd, you'd have to like commit to it where you could actually just do it as a hobby and put out music and start like a little channel and do covers and just sing. Just do or it. Put well, it on TikTok. What's really crazy real quick, not to cut you off, but Sean Mendez and Justin Bieber are actual examples of people who in the very beginning of the internet got, like they got famous because... Of YouTube. Then you look at like Camila Cabello, who was on one of the um, reality shows or the competition. Factor, right? Yeah. Then Kelly Clarkson was the first. I remember when she first won, and I think it's when she got maybe her first Grammy. The whole music industry was like, this is wrong. We actually had to work to get there. We couldn't win some show. And I remember a lot of people in the music industry were just like, not about that life. Now it's so popular because every song on the radio is from TikTok. So if you put music out, I mean, I think people like true musicians who are trying to do this for a living, not just a hobby, have a better chance putting songs out, of course, on YouTube, but on TikTok. Because if that becomes popular and becomes a trend. Well, then you shoot up over. I mean, it's all of it. It's all of it. Someone who's a true, true 100% music or nothing is doing it all. You know, and it, that's the, that's the same that's the same thing. But you know, even even the equipment and everything is so um, 
the technology is here too. Yeah. Like you know, because that's what we were talking about doing voiceover, because um, you know, there's there's a certain part of me too that wants to do, and it it's probably better to get the mics eventually. Yeah. But if you get the mic. And then there's this box. I remember Christopher Sean was telling me, because I think when he did his voiceover work, he does it at home. Wow. And it's on a stand, and you step into the box so that there's no echo, and then you're on a $400 mic, and you can do all of your your voiceover. But I was looking on the website Fiverr, and um, because I just wanted to do some sort of like acting, but I I wanted to do it from home. (laughs) You need that creative... yeah, because I think it'd be fun. So I was I was even thinking about getting a voiceover agent or even going on Fiverr and um, people will hire you to be the voice for their commercial or whatever it may be. But it would just be really fun, especially with cartoons, to, to play a character and do different voices and, and be able to act. Yeah. But from the um, from the comfort of, of our own home. <laughs> but if you were going to do like music and recording, it might even be a good investment to get one microphone like still use these for our podcast because sure. it's like great but when it comes to like music um because with this we basically talk at the same um level yeah but if you're singing or you're doing characters you're going to be like it's going to be messy well, yeah. but a good mic i think will help mix that, that together yeah. but um but yeah it'd be that, that's just something fun to do where you don't get distracted and you can kind of put it on your list because that's what i was thinking just like i'm not going to make it my mission to do voiceover but if i get an email and someone wants to pay like 300 bucks for me to do like a commercial voiceover for them. Like, why not? Or you audition and you get to be a voice as a character. And then you, because that, that's one of the best things. Anyone who's ever done voiceover that we've had friends. Um, remember Andrew Caldwell? Yeah. Obviously, you know Andrew yeah. Caldwell. I know I said, do you remember him? Like he's, <laughs> um, but um, I remember him one day telling me years ago when he was doing a voiceover job that you work like four hours a week. Oh my because God, you just do the lines because they don't have to do the lighting, the what you look like. Yeah. It's all the voice yeah. and what it sounds like. So you go in and you do a bunch of episodes. And it's like, he goes, you go in your pajamas. It's amazing. But now you do it from home. And on that note, what's very interesting, I saw on TikTok on my For You page, you know, I'm just scrolling, and casting directors are on there now, but there was a casting director for a voiceover cartoon. And basically this cartoon is a worldwide cartoon and they're looking for people to work, of course, from their home with professional mics to be the, the characters. And so what she did, she goes, this is an experiment. We just want to see how this works out. She goes, duet this vid- or each video for every character and, you know, act it out. So basically they would show the cartoon in a little scene and they would count down with these buttons they go one two three and then you'd say the line they'd have the line up there so your audition is you doing some lines but as a duet on tiktok and that's really interesting to me because that's i feel like that's going to be the way of the world they want to see because then this person casting director who's on tiktok if they like you they can click on your profile and they can go quickly scroll see how people react to you see your following see the other kind of videos you do who you are what you're about and it's like your book of business all right there and they don't have to like small talk with you they don't have to come into the actual room and audition so i'm just like that's really very interesting and very intriguing because then people work from home too yeah, yeah, I don't know. But I also feel like that that, it, that, would, that would probably be a mess. Well, it's so funny in the experiment because she had to, she ended up having to have everyone email in also the auditions because in the cartoon there was like this little toy gun and TikTok flagged that. So they pulled down all the auditions and they lost all of it. And then people were saying too, well, we need you to make a specific sound just for the auditions because the sound she had linked was just a song. So when you clicked on the song, if you wanted to watch all the duets and auditions, it had all these videos because it was like a popular song that she used. So she's like, I'm learning that, you know, there's a learning curve. It's an experiment. We're trying it out. So who knows? Yeah, I saw, I saw holes in this from the very beginning. <laughs> um, well, just because with casting in general, I mean, imagine... You know, it's tough enough to be a casting director and have to sit there for a week for eight hours a day and watch 500 actors come in. Yeah. Imagine if someone didn't have to go. Because that was that's what's interesting about traditional mm-hmm. is the work is almost getting in the door. Yeah. Where now, 
everybody's in the door. Mm-hmm. So the work becomes, how do you stand out? Because before, how many people, because back when I was auditioning in 2006 and seven, there was like 30 of us. Yeah. That's it. Because we were, we were the ones who left our hometown, yeah. which if you had to be in LA, that cuts out 1 million people a week that you're competing with because people aren't going to traditionally do that. Right. The people who couldn't hang for more than two, three months go home. Those, their, your competition's gone. How many people go there and work and say, well, I'm going to get an agent next week. I'm going to get an agent and never do. They're not right. competition. Right. It's like how many people actually get an agent and then if you happen to be in the top 10 agency, then you're going to get in. Because I happened to get so lucky, I had no idea because I was a punk kid. I had no idea how good of an agent I was with when I first moved there. It was unheard of. So I got into every audition and my competition was like 30 people every single audition. That's it. Because the work was moving there, making money, getting an agent, getting a good agent, and showing up there. And then you needed talent to pull it through. (laughs) Right. But now, everyone, if you don't move, if you don't, you can just... Just do it, which is great because you don't want the gatekeepers. Right. But now it just seems like it's just the wild, wild west. And I think even for us, when we're trying to get a literary agent, it's funny to us because we're like, well, back in the day, I was, I had no resume. Mm-hmm. And everyone, every manager, every agent was like, yes. Where nowadays, we're like, we have a resume. We have a following. And then people don't write you back. And you're like, this is backwards. Right. How did I have nothing? and was getting yeses. Now I actually have a resume and we have a following, but it's because there are 9 million managers now, 9 million social media managers, 9 million, like there's all these new, it's funny that the original gatekeepers went away and now there's new people creating their own. Like you and I could do that. We're gonna start a social media agency. We're gonna call up businesses and run their social media for them. And then we have those 10 clients and they pay us for us to go. But, but yeah, but what's crazy too? It's just too, a wild, wild west right now, and it's a mess. And I'm curious how, where's the organization? Well, because there's so much access to so many people. Like you mentioned back in the day, the reason you're getting all these yeses was be- even though you had no resume, you were physically there in LA and you already had the in with, say, a manager. So this manager, now with all of his relationships, because everything is literally only in person because they didn't have yes. the internet as your social media like we do today. So you were getting all the yeses because it was a smaller pool of people. They're like, oh, yeah, he lives here. He's this great actor. He does X, Y, and Z. Let me introduce you to my friend. Oh, this photographer is great. Oh, this person knows this person. Now it's just overload of access to all these people. Who knows how many emails all these people are getting. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's millions. endless on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. There's even this acting coach who used to be a casting director for HBO and she's changed her whole life to be like an acting consultant. She does, you know, leads online, Facebook, all that stuff. She teaches in her courses how to use social media to schmooze and network with casting directors so that you get access to their auditions and you can go in and get an audition like that she teaches she goes there's a very specific way to do it because if you just dm them and go oh my god i'm an actor they're like no you need to post interesting content and be a cool person and naturally build that rapport of just like you would network in real life you know what's even funny remember um david uh portier i think his name is from barstool Oh, he yes, was yes, saying yes. too, he's like, every single person wants to work for my company. And he goes, you need to create content and we need to find you. Hmm. Gary Vee said that. How, how, how do I get you on? How do I get you as a guest on my podcast? Or how do I get to be a guest on your podcast? He goes, you go do the work. When you qualify, I'll find you. Oof. And so it's I think true. that's the confusing part is that we were in, in the entertainment business. We were in the, 2006 and seven when we were both auditioning was before the original writer strike. Before oh, yeah. places, I don't quote me on this, but I don't think AMC, I don't think TBS, I don't think any of those other extra networks were having original content. Mm-hmm. Movie stars were not doing television yet. Yes, it was. Right. It was in 2006, what do you wanna be? A movie star or a TV star? Mm-hmm. Because you don't cross over. Then all of a sudden the writer's strike hit. All of a sudden 
movie stars started doing TV. All of a sudden, TBS launches a show. AMC launches a show. All of a sudden, all of a sudden. And so we went from like literally all of it. And now we're in this wild, wild west where it seems to be more crowded to get traditional help. Mm-hmm. But the blessing is that we don't need traditional help. Yeah. Traditional help is just like a boost. Yeah. But you can go and create your own. And like Dave Portier and like Gary Vee says, we have to qualify ourselves. Yep. That song by Russ. He goes, um, I've been busting my ass for nine years. Now they start to call. Oof. So it's like there's going to be a day that when we're going to hit a peak and then all of a sudden, all the agents, all the managers, all the social media managers, all the brands, everyone, it's just going to be bombarded. And you're going to go, we've been doing this and trying to do this and doing little deals here and there for 15 years. But now we've qualified in the new world. Yep. And the qualification is your attention yeah. on social media. Well, it's so funny. Another example of that, remember uh, we had Vivian Quorm on our podcast like when we first started and she was just making YouTube videos, doing lifestyle positivity because it was just something she loved to do. And she lived in LA as well. And then she gets an email one day from a producer in Chicago going, hey, we love your personality. We love your vibe. We've got um, this show that we want you to be the, the host of. They wanted her to just be, you know, host and reporter. And she's like, well, I don't have any experience. They're like, we love your vibe. We'll teach you everything. So she went out. She worked there for years. And now I just saw she got um, a really big show in Texas where she's like the actual like host. And it's more daytime talk show, which is what she wanted to do. So you just don't know. You never know what people are looking for. Right place, right time. The producer of the news station show in Chicago was looking for a new host. Like they were on YouTube looking. They're like, well, who has stuff? And they saw her. They go, this is her. Well, every video is an at-bat. Uh-huh. Every video. And then to quote Gary again, because I've been seeing a lot of his stuff is really, really, it's always been great. But um, uh, like right now, he's really laser focused on like different things. And Drew Barrymore, I zoomed him in to her talk show. And they were talking about Netflix is releasing a movie every single week this year. What? Every single week. (gasps) And oh my gosh. what that's maybe basic- unplugged can be one. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe for twenty twenty two. But we have. But the the interesting part is that he was saying people are still debating about quality over quantity. Mm. And he goes, but people are are forgetting that in the digital space, quantity is beating quality because you're getting more at bats. If mm. Warner Brothers puts out twenty movies and Netflix puts out seventy. There's going to be one movie of the year. Netflix has a better shot if they're doing three times the amount of movies. Same thing like us. It's like we could put out one TikTok a week Mm -hmm. or you could put out 10 a day. Eight of them aren't going to be that great. But at the end of the month, if you put out 100 TikToks and three of them go viral, there you go. So it's like this digital space doesn't really care about the quality in the big grand scheme of right. things because people are so quick they're they're gonna go people like we do that we'll, we'll look through on tiktok or instagram or we'll see a movie i'll give it two minutes i'm not but you don't you don't think i'm never gonna look at Alyssa's page again you no. just go oh what is oh okay and then you're like oh but tomorrow it's good right so people are, are overthinking how great something needs to be right when you just need to continue to do it because he says quality is objective Mm-hmm. There are times that we'll do something and I'm like, oh, I don't know, that video is not that good. But then the whole audience thinks it's the best. I'm like, wait, what? But then there's huh. one I'm like, this is going to be it. This is going to be it. And no one liked it. So we don't really even know. Right. All you can do is just be honest, keep getting better, and just put out as much content as possible because it's going to find different people. Or we've probably done podcasts that someone's like, this was their best one ever. And other people clicked out after two minutes. But then the one that most people clicked out in two minutes was the best podcast for 17 people. And that's what made them huge fans of us because we were talking about something that that just resonated to them. And those 17 people are like, these two are the best podcasters in the world. I got to stick around. So it's just an interesting time for creators, Mm -hmm. the entertainment business. And um, it is just absolutely 
the wild, wild west. I know. And, you know, it's because I think, too, we're in the beginning of this new social media world. I think within five years, it'll be very telling to see how everything is run. I think we're just going to adjust. Yeah. yeah. Because we went from executives, distribution companies being the ones who chose what the public is going to see. Right. Now the public tells the executives and distribution companies what they want to see. Yep. So the public's making all the decisions. So now all the creators, we're looking around going, hello, public, over here, hey, over here. And you're just showing people what you're doing with no gatekeepers. We're trying to prove ourselves to the audience, not the to market the executives. Decide. Yeah. Well, I also saw something too on TikTok, um, and it was a comment, and this guy goes, Listen, guys, at the end of the day, the biggest secret to making viral content is it just needs to be good content. Yeah. If it's good enough, it will fly. Yes. Like, it's just true. It just is 100% true because there are sometimes people, I'll see this a lot, they'll have a viral video and they're like, ooh, this niche worked. Let me keep doing videos like that. That makes sense. But when I click around to their other videos, they're not, they're, they're good and it grabs some viewership but it just wasn't that viral it wasn't everything just didn't line up perfectly like that one did yes every component has to hit for it to hit now if you continuously build and you create really good content you can grow and build a great business and brand because these tiktokers just get it their their videos will all get a lot of views because they've built a fan base and they'll show it to those people and people love it and I'm sure if you're at a point where you have 2 million followers, you're doing something right that people love. It's yeah. a true content creator. So it's but, interesting. But, but you know, and, and I know you have to get going, but I, I, th- this is really, really fascinating, is the thing that we have in our back pocket over so many creators, even people who have millions of followers, is we have such a foundation of being 32 and 33 years old, knowing who we are, Mm-hmm. is a plus because when fame big fame hits if you don't know who you are that's why a lot of child stars from 16 to 21 to 23 if they don't have the proper guidance or people around them to allow them to have that experience where they don't lose themselves sometimes they hit big and then they disappear forever mm-hmm. i feel we know who we are we had micro fame enough to get a taste but then enough adversity to keep it humble mm-hmm. and now we know who we are when you talk to people like ricky Ger- not talk to them but here are people like ricky gervais mm-hmm. um joe rogan these are people who got famous in their 30s and 40s when they already knew who they were so they're able to use fame in, yeah. to their advantage where you're not an a-hole you don't have an ego you're not rude you don't change you you actually appreciate yep. the attention and the money and you give back and it makes it about, about those people. And the thing we also have is the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So many people we know never built content, don't know anything about it, Yeah, hit big and have all the attention in the world, but they have no infrastructure to channel all that attention. Yep. If you put us on a Joe Rogan podcast or on anything where 6 million people see us, and 600,000 come over, they're going to go, oh, wait, 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 wait. So they have a schedule. They post. They're going to seamlessly go right into our infrastructure. Yep. That is why 95% of restaurants, Fred's fried food, would f- 95% chance would fail because I have no infrastructure. It's my first time. Yep. If we bought a McDonald's franchise, we have a 95% of success because yep. the infrastructure is built. Systems the layout, work. The ingredients the everything yeah. about the brand. Yep. So it's like you and I, it's taking not longer because it's like we're in the process and we're doing it full time and that's the best thing you can do. Right. But to go to next level where executives are hitting you up saying, do you have a movie? Right. That level where people can come to us, the infrastructure's built. Yep. So we're ready for the wave of success in the content world well, in every way. Yeah, and what's really interesting about that is a lot of people don't realize that as content creators, it is a true business and there's so much to learn. Even learning all of the editing that you have for our podcasting, me doing the audio for the podcast, how to even do that, how to have a blog, how to take photos, how to make TikTok videos, how to do transitions, how to just be in the... Like, there's just so much to learn. But those are the tactical things that can be outsourced. What can't be outsourced are other things we've picked up in life. 
communication skills, building a team, managing a team, um, money. You yeah. know, how many people are probably making 15000 a month and are spending 15000 a month? Yeah. You and I could shoot up to $20,000 a month and we would never, ever spend more than what we're spending now. Yep. Ever. Because yep. we've done that in the past with our businesses. <laughs> when we were successful, we started spending more money. There are so many things about growing up and building a business that we've learned. Yeah. So on this next spike, Wave, yeah. we're ready. Because we had our spike in business for four years. Mm-hmm. And we would have... It would have set us up for life. Like we had so many like <laughs> opportunities. softball opportunities of like, <laughs> you should buy this condo and it'll be worth a lot. You should do this Bitcoin thing. You should have this. Like there were so many times that I we know. had softball um, setups of like massive wealth, not massive wealth, but like rich Yeah. to be financially. And then what brings, why I'm interested in that as well is that the financial resources would allow us. At the, if we would have hit all four of those home runs when we had the softball right. pitch, we would have been able to fund Unplugged ourselves I by know. now. So there's, that's the reason that I'm excited about it uh, for many other reasons as well. But, um, but now because we just needed to learn and strike out those four times yep. and see it all just oh, to be at a position now where when the next one comes, it's going to be like huge. And that's like that analogy where you're, everyone's running together and then anytime someone's growing and building something – you're moving backwards and you see other people moving forward, but you're in a slingshot. So as much right. as people are pulling away, you're doing all the right things every day, master the mundane. And then when you hit, you're like, so you seemed like you were behind, but then you shoot ahead of everyone. Everyone's like, who's this friend and Alyssa couple? Where did they come from? And it's right. Like, we've been, we've been taking steps back, launching into this, this slingshot. And I think ultimately we're just really looking to continue to, get out there and just share our message of positivity of, you know, just being the best we can be and growing and having fun along the way. So if you love this podcast and you think one of your friends might like it, share it. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that's how like word of mouth works, I guess. So it's just crazy. And, and everything happens for a reason. We're exactly where we're supposed to be. And in yep. due time, we'll be where we got to be. Yeah, yeah, we're we're in a really, really, really good position um, with age and knowledge, and everything's lining up. And and uh, I just I can't wait to go next level to continue to produce mm-hmm. even better content. And keep it going. Oh yeah, because we have yeah. a lot of ideas. It just t- costs money or a team. <laughs> yeah. And right now we're able to do this full time by ourselves, but to have a team or to invest in a movie. Oh my gosh. You know, to put so even 50 fun. grand into it, you need you need some cheddar. You need some cheddar, baby. Cheddar was an early 2000s oh, word, Oh gosh. Right? Anyway, Back home skillet. Anyway, home We're slice. We about to if. dip. Whatever. No cap. <laughs> oh no. We'll be back next week. No, oh, no. cap. No cap. All right, everyone. We'll see you uh, next week. <laughs> Good way to end it. Good one. <laughs>